It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today, we're continuing our off-the-road interview series, connecting with artists around the world during the pandemic and welcoming back an internationally successful guitarist with strong Hawaii ties. You can hear everyone we've spoken with so far at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the off-the-road banner on the front page. And today, it's George Benson, who has a tasty new live album, Weekend in London, recorded at the famous Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club, and of course, a play on the Weekend in L.A. famous live album he's got. He's a musician who at one point was a Maui resident, as George shared in a previous appearance on the show, when he also told us how his first instrument was an ukulele. And perhaps we can get him to play a little for us today as we welcome the great George Benson to our Off the Road interview series. This is George Benson. How are you? Hey, my brother. Listen to that beautiful voice. You made me bring my ukulele. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear this thing, man? Sounds amazing. <laughs> Just a huge aloha, mahalo, and welcome back, my brother. Aloha and mahalo. <laughs> <laughs> As we get started, where are you right now, George? And is this where you've been since the pandemic started? Yeah, I've been here in uh, Paradise Valley, Arizona. That's where I live. It's uh, sunshine here all the time. Got lots of friends here. And my, uh, my four sons live here also. And so, dialing back, when this pandemic started, tell the story, if you can, George, of where you were, how you remember it impacting you, and those moments when you realized, George, something big was about to happen. Well, you know, every year I do tours in different parts of the year. We don't like to go out when it's cold in the rest of the country. I'm talking about on the mainland of America. Yep. During the latter spring, we start up. By the time summer comes, we're into like a three-week tour, and we may do another three-week tour somewhere else in the world, like um, Europe or uh, Australia. Okay. So during the year, we we end up doing about eight weeks' worth of work, and we stick other things in between, special events. And I I was home, you know, thinking, hey, I got some time before I go out on the road, so let me uh, get happy here and jump in my jacuzzi, <laughs> maybe the swimming pool. And this place reminds me of uh, the house I had in Hawaii. And it's a little bigger, uh, I say a lot bigger, to tell you the truth. <laughs> but the sunshine is a little about the same, only it's a little hotter because you know there's there's no ocean near me, so right. we straight heat. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of that story, all of a sudden. We started hearing noises about a, a new disease coming along. And we're trying to compare it to what we've already experienced with SARS and things like that. And every year we get the flu. They come through and take a lot of our citizens out of here. Right. But this one was different. It started taking people out a little at a time. And then it, it amplified. Every few weeks it got uh, a lot bigger. They started reporting numbers that, that didn't make any sense. Then it started spreading all over the country and eventually all over the world. We started hearing reports from all the places I play outside of the United States, like Australia, Europe, parts of Europe and Italy was big. And then it attacked the UK. I said, no, nothing can attack the UK. But yes, it attacked the UK too. And now I can't even go over there until this thing is brought you know, under uh, control. I'll tell you what it did do though. It helped me to become closer to my sons because every year I've been out, you know, and I'd come back and my boys would be 
an inch taller or three inches taller. Right. And I started asking them the age. I couldn't figure out the ages anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, there was some, some things about it that uh, made life different for me. And those are the things I just mentioned. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And and through this, uh, we've been doing a whole series off the road talking to artists. And many have said sometimes there are fringe benefits like getting that extra family time and being able to maybe appreciate things just, just a little bit more. Sounds like with your, and thank you for the great explanation on how you do your touring. It sounds like this thing affected tour plans. Is that the case? Yes, Um well, I, we actually lost one member of my band through a, an illness that he had. He passed away on us about four or five months ago with my band for about five or six years. One of the best drummers I've ever had in my band. What's his name? His name was Kahari from Chicago. Beautiful family man, excellent musician, and a very congenial person. And I kind of uh, really hate that that happened, but it didn't happen because of this disease. Got it. He had something else. Um, the whole band, I felt bad when the disease hit right after that in a heavy way. Uh, the musicians, I thought, well, they're not going to have anything to eat after a while. You know, they're used to touring and paying their bills, you know, mortgages and sending their kids to college and buying cars uh, because of our touring schedule, which was always enough to give us a, a decent life. And when they were off, they could file for unemployment and get it easily, which isn't so easy now all of a sudden. Right. So it's pretty strange. On that note of, of losing him, there were so many, uh, before we turn to the record, there were so many gifted artists of many genres. I'm thinking of Ellis Marsalis or Manu Dibango, John Prine, Toots Hibbert, Toots of the Maytals. Anybody that has passed because of the virus or have any of these passings I just named been personal losses for you? No, every time you mention a name that I know, I feel a personal loss because they had something to do with, I guess they affected all of us in some way or another. But the ones I knew affected me and, and all the memories started coming back, you know. Uh, I met Ellis Marcellus. Uh, when he introduced me to his two young sons, wow, Winton and um, Bradford, and Bradford, he was the older one. He was fourteen, and Winton was thirteen years old when I met them. And I remember little young Winton. We were playing at a park in uh, Louisiana, and uh, we had one hundred and twenty-five thousand people in that park. And I remember that the Neville brothers came to you know see me backstage. And this fellow I never met, Mr. Marcellus, Ellis Marcellus, who had his sons, and his young son after having a conversation with me, and he realized how much ruckus there was over me and my, my band, <laughs> he came up to me and said, Mr. Benson? I said, yeah, what is it, uh, son? He says, when I grow up, I'm going to be just like you. That's what he said to me. Wow. And you know, I forgot all about it until I saw him four years later in New York. He walked up to me now, he was a grown man, well-dressed, you know, just to a pinhead. He was clean as a whistle. <laughs> and he said, Mr. Benson, you know, in his cool way of talking, because he's highly intelligent, he says, uh, you probably won't remember me. <laughs> I said, you know something, your face looks familiar. <laughs> he said, in New Orleans, and I said, oh, your dad brought you to the I said, what are you doing in New York, man? Because I couldn't realize four years had leaped by that fast. And now he was a grown man. He was as tall as me almost. And he said, I'm playing with the Art Blakey band. 
And I said to myself, well, he must be good. If he's playing with Blakey's band, he's got to be good. And he said, I was wondering if I could sit in. What I forgot to mention earlier is that I was there at uh, the club owned by the two brothers. Um, um, it was called 7th Avenue South. Randy Brecker and his brother Michael, uh, Michael Brecker owned the club. And they had jam sessions upstairs on the second floor. So that night it was Tom Brown. And um, he asked if he could sit in with us. I said, boy, I hope he knows he's in some heavy company. <laughs> he went up on the bandstand, and between him and Tom Brown, they blew the roof off of that place. They didn't need me for anything. I was up there with my guitar, but I was it was just dangling from my neck. I was busy listening at this magnificent uh, playing that was going on. And I think Freddie Hubbard walked in. Wow. And he was knocked out, too. <laughs> What a great story, and what a great way to uh, to remember Ellis, too. And that, I mean, what can you say? That's some really touching stuff. Uh, we had Randy on just a few weeks ago. Wonderful musician. Incredible musician. He was on a lot of my earlier records. I think he was playing with the group um, from Canada. What was their names? Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Right, late 60s, exactly. Yeah, yeah, great musician himself, and that was a great band. It's the latest guest in our series, George Benson, and tomorrow we'll continue with storytelling based around his new live album, Weekend in London, with George even playing a little ukulele and singing for us. You can find and share this and the complete series at hawaiipublicradio.org. Just look for the Off the Road banner on the front page. I'm Dave Lawrence. You've got the love, you've got the power, but you just don't understand.